Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20 Quartermist. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. Don Q. Today is May 3rd, 2021, or 2023. Yeah, I fucked that up. I'm going back in time. It's 2021. God, Zooks, Marty. Wait, is that? It's uh, Great Scott there, Doc Doc Brown. I was just reading something here on on the Twitter machine and I totally lost. <laughs> I lost two years, evidently. Uh, let me finish reading this real quick. Hold on. Listen to the music. You're welcome. Interesting. All right. I'll get into that here in a minute. How's everybody doing out there today? It is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. Not 21. Yeah, that's what happens when I'm opening a show and reading something at the same time, right? <laughs> Whew. All right, guys. A couple things. Let's get out of the way real quick because i got a good show. Now, this show is actually a little personal to me, the things I'm going to talk about. And uh, if you're new to the show, uh, you know you just got to bear with us. Uh, if you're if you're if you're a longtime listener, then you'll understand. Um, and I'll get into all that here in a little bit. But let's get some of the business out of the way, guys. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please subscribe, follow, and whatever the button is on uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to. It's free. I have no Patreon. I have no subscription-based situation. It's all free. Uh, you're welcome. 
like I've said this time and time again, my whole goal is to keep this free, which it will never cost you guys anything, even though it's premium content. I could probably charge $20 a week. No, I'm joking. But seriously, $20. Um, I don't, I don't see the point of charging people for a podcast. I really don't care how good it is because there's a hundred other options out there. So, or I say a hundred, there's probably a million other options out there. So nonetheless, uh, I just want to keep doing what we're doing. Share this with your friends and with people that you think might find this subject interesting. I know every show isn't for everybody, and I understand that. I try to title the shows to encourage people to listen, obviously. And I'm going to touch on some things that uh, I, I would assume you're listening to the show. You probably have the same ideas and uh, beliefs. So whatever. If you have people that, uh, that you try to explain things to, this will be a show for them to listen to. Okay, and it's coming out of someone else's mouth. I'm not anyone famous or in particular, but it's a different voice than your voice. So, and uh, guys, if you're on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Ticker Talker at Don't Tread on America, and on the Twitter machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you aren't on social media, that's fine. I don't blame you. You can um, check us out. We have a website, don'ttreadonmerica.com. You can follow us there. You can subscribe to the website. You won't get spammed. You won't get junk mail. You won't get a bunch of crap. You'll get show updates and whatnot. Um, I am kicking around the idea about going back to videoing this show. Um, when that time comes, you will know. It'll probably be on Rumble, though, because... The things I'm going to talk about, especially today, I would never videotape this and put this on YouTube because it would never, it wouldn't make any sense. I would get a strike, I'd get demonetized, it'd be a waste of my time. So, nonetheless, you're listening to it now on the soothing tones of the PCGC. Um, I think that's it. Is that all the business? We got one sponsor to talk about, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at, why is it my computer working? There it is. <laughs> Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout. Get 30% off your purchase price. Too late for Mother's Day, but ladies, Father's Day is right around the corner. Check them out. ChristianLawson.com. Promo code DTOM. All right. So the subject today is going to be about big pharma, big pharmacy. Now, I'm going to start with this video here, and... Uh, this will lead us into the stuff we want to talk about. Here we go. Around the same time that John D. Rockefeller seized U.S. media, he also hijacked U.S. medicine. When it was discovered that drugs could be produced from petroleum, America's top oil mogul ordered his army of propagandists to invert reality accordingly. Medicines used for thousands of years were suddenly classified as alternative, while the new, petroleum-based, highly addictive, and patentable drugs were declared the gold standard. After buying a German pharmaceutical company that manufactured chemicals of war for Adolf Hitler, Rockefeller leveraged his political influence by pressing Congress to declare natural healing modalities unscientific quackery. 
Rockefeller then took control of the American Medical Association and began offering massive grants to top medical schools under the mandate that only his approved curriculum be taught. Any mention of the healing powers of herbs, plants, and diet was erased from most medical textbooks. Doctors and professors who objected to Rockefeller's plan were crucified by the media, removed from the AMA, and stripped of their license to teach and practice medicine. Those who dared to speak out were arrested and jailed. When evidence began to emerge that petroleum-based medicines were causing cancer, Mr. Rockefeller founded the American Cancer Society through which he suppressed that information. John D. Rockefeller is duly credited as the founder of the pharmaceutical industry and the reason that medical error is currently the third leading cause of death in America. This is not an indictment against doctors. More than anyone, they are under the stranglehold of the single largest lobbying power in Washington. Every year, the pharmaceutical industry spends at least twice the amount as big oil to influence laws, policies, and public perception. Thanks to Mr. Rockefeller, the architect of American monopolies, no industry has more power over our lives than Big Pharma. So there you go. All right, guys, you have a great day. No. Um, now, what does that all mean? Okay, this, this video kind of shocked me. So you think of John D. Rockefeller, right? You think oil, period. Everything I've ever known about Rockefeller was oil, okay? Now, the reason I played that video was because it filled two minutes of the show that I don't have to talk. No, I'm joking. It was was about the herbal medicine. So what they said back early in the early 1900s, you had, let's see, how, how can we talk about this? We had doctors. You've always had doctors of some sort. Now, most back in the way back in the day, you know, 1700s, 1800s, and I'm just referring to America. Obviously, people have been around for a lot longer than the last 300 years. I get that. But um, in America, much like it was in Europe and wherever else in the 16, 17, 1800s, you had doctors, but those doctors used medicinal traits. Like you think back to the 1800s, for example, you know, they used like whiskey. They used um, natural herbs and a lot, especially in America. I don't know how this was over in Europe, but a lot of our early medicine and medical ideas came from Native Americans. Okay. Now, the part where where he discovered that you could make medicines out of a petroleum-based substance, which he obviously had the market on that because he he didn't discover oil, but he was able to mass produce it and do the things he did with standard oil and stuff. And a lot of your medicine was made from... Let me turn that phone off here before someone starts blowing it up. Uh, based out of or made out of petroleum byproducts. So, like, they would take the oil out of the ground and early in Rockefeller's career of oil was about kerosene, okay, because this was before automobiles. Now, as the automobile came about and Henry Ford and this the whole situation, they were able to use the byproducts of the oil to make gasoline, 
So when you make gasoline, it's obviously not from oil. I mean, it is from oil, but it's not 100% oil, right? So you have byproducts. So from the byproducts, they were able to make medicine, oddly enough. Now, not all medicine, was, it wasn't like, oh, here's your oil pill. You know, it was just byproducts, maybe, maybe the capsule, maybe the whatever, whatever the case was. I mean, shit, you might use uh, Vaseline, right? What does it say on the fucking jar of Vaseline that you that people have used for God knows how long, right? Petroleum jelly. What do you think's in it? And you're rubbing it on your skin or your lips or whatever. Oh, it's, it's a cure-all, is it? Or are you just rubbing cancer possibly into your body? Now, I said that I'm going to take this show personal because I personally have and you guys that have been listening to the show for a long time and the and the folks that know me personally know that you know I have cancer. I have stage 4 metastasized melanoma, okay? Now you think melanoma, I said no, that's just uh, that's nothing. That's just a, a freckle. No. Uh, skin cancer is a freckle. Metastasized melanoma means I have melanoma that is spreading, that it goes from one part to another. Started at my shoulder, yeah, I had a mole. It got out of control. I never really worried about it because I'm a dude, and dudes don't go to the doctors. And uh, my, my wife was like, you need to go, you need to go. Okay, finally, I went to the dermatologist. Yada, 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 stage 3 cancer started. Uh, what is stage 3? That means it's already spread to your lymph nodes, okay? Over time, it spread to my wherever, stomach, esophagus, throat, shoulder, neck. You know, the, the key to melanoma what really gets you is it wants to move up so eventually the whole point of of really melanoma is one of your leading causes of death is because it causes it eventually will cause brain cancer okay so i've been at a stage four there is no stage five stage five is is a coffin i've been at a stage four for i don't know 10 years eight nine years somewhere around there been dealing with this all together for roughly 15 years, okay? Now, on paper, I should be dead. Uh, and I have no bones about that, and I'm not afraid to die. Um, I've come to grip with the fact that I should, al- I mean, not for nothing, but I should already be dead. And I'm, and I'm not saying I wish I was dead. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that... By all standards, when you have metastasized melanoma, stage 4 melanoma, on paper, I should be dead. I should have died a long time ago. So I'll jokingly say I'm on borrowed time. Or I'll say God has forgotten about me. Or I'll say God doesn't want me and the devil's afraid I'm going to take over. Those type things. But in all honesty, it makes me wonder, did, did God forget about me? Or am I meant, and I don't want to sound like I'm anything special, any more special than anyone else listening to this, but why, this is going to sound weird, and some of you guys might be able to relate, but I ask the question, why? Why am I still here? And obviously, it was to bring you this freaking podcast. No. But seriously, why? Why? You know, I mean, 15 years... The life expectancy is five years, I think five to seven, and seven is like pushing it. I think 90% of the people that get this die within 
five to seven years, 90% melanoma is actually one of the leading causes of cancer. So you have like lung cancer and, you know, you have however many different versions of cancer, but melanoma is one of the leading cancers, one of the most, most people get it. So if you have that many people that get it, and then 90% of those people die within five to seven years, right? I'm one of the 10 percenters. And even then, I think it's 98%, I think it is, is 10 years. So, <laughs> like I said, my and the reason I can gauge this is my son was 12 when I was diagnosed. He's 27, period. So, like this October, for example, will be when I had my first surgery 12 years or 15 years ago. And that's kind of where I'm where I get my my time frame from. Now, why do I care? Now, I've done it all. Now I'm sitting here telling you I've I've had cancer and I'm I'm just I'm here. Well, it's not quite that simple. I've done chemotherapy, I've done interferon, I've done multiple radiations. I can't tell you how many surgeries. I've had lymph nodes removed. I've had sections on my neck removed. I I've had shoulder half of my shoulders gone um now mind you (laughs) first couple surgeries i had 32 staples in my shoulder uh 20 stitches under my arm i had a drainage tube never missed any work did the surgery on my day off went to work two days later i was off did all my two days off and went back to work ripped staples out of my shoulder um i've worked i mean i'm not bragging i'm not bragging But when I say I've done everything that you could probably do to beat cancer, and I don't think that as long as you go to the doctor, their goal is to keep you alive. Now, you can sit here and say, well, of course, Don, their goal is to keep you alive because they want you to live. No, their goal is to keep you alive because you're a returning customer. It's a business. They don't really give a shit. I mean, not for nothing, and you might go to a doctor, and they might seem like they care, but in all honesty, do they really care? Or you're just a returning customer. Now, I'll tell you, I go to Moffitt, which is in Tampa. It's one of the biggest and best cancer hospitals in the country. Um, I think it's top three or four in the country. Now, which means I have probably some of the best doctors in the country. Um. And they get paid a lot, <laughs> a lot of money. And I'm not their only patient, obviously. But um, if I were to die, that's one less customer, right? So obviously they want to keep me alive. Now, granted, they'll tell you, oh, you know, you're young. We want to do this. We want to do that. I've done so interferon. I've done chemo. I've done Keytruda. I've done Obdivo. I've done. Uh, I've done, I can't even name some of the shit I've done. I've done uh, trials. I've done uh, this one, I was on this one trial where they, uh, the the pills I took were, I mean, as big as half your pinky. And I had to take three twice a day. And these things really messed me up. Like, I would get these awful joint pains like arthritis where I couldn't walk days. Like one day we were supposed to go to Disney and I had to use a wheelchair. And I was relatively young 
you know, I was late, late thirties, you know, how does that make you feel as a relatively healthy, strong man? I can't even walk around Disney world. I have to take a wheelchair. Um, and so on and so forth. And now that particular treatment led into a, a trial where the trial was the pill, but the ending was surgery. So I had this big lump in my neck. So what they did was they took some of the tumor out to make an anti-tumor. Like I was a guinea pig. I mean, not for, not for nothing. That's what I was. Um, and then I was on this stuff called a till treatment. Now, if you've ever done that or if you're a nurse or doctor and you've ever put people on that or if you've read about it or if you've had a loved one do it, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now that is no joke. The only reason they put me on that was because I was quote-unquote young, had a healthy heart. And uh, I remember going in the hospital for this first dose. I asked the nurse, what's the side effects? He goes, uh, there's a long list. He goes, "What you, your best bet is a male nurse, whatever. He goes, your best bet is to do this. As soon as you get the injection, watch the clock. And whatever happens is going to happen every time you receive this injection. Okay, cool. So my wife's there. Get the, the first dose. And watching the clock. Okay. So 20 or so minutes into after getting the first shot, I start to shake. Like, and I told my wife, I said, I think this is it. And she's like, what's wrong? And I proceeded to shake like you've probably never seen a person shake before, more than likely, for a solid 30 minutes. It was so bad, the bed was moving. The nurses were freaking out. They didn't know what to do. It's called Rigers is what the technical term is. So it's like you get a cold, like if you get a fever and you have like the shivers, right? It's like that on crack. It's like multiplied a hundred times. You, you look at these uh, hospital beds, right? They're not like little cots. I'm moving the bed. That's how bad I was shaking to the point where they had to give me, what's that stuff called? Dilaudid, Dilaudid, whatever, three doses. And, and it and knocked me out, like knocked me out. I woke up 30, 45 minutes later, like, what happened? You know, I was like, everyone's like freaking out. And, and that was a while ago. And since then, I've done more stuff and more surgeries and more radiations and more of this and more of that. And luckily, I'm still here, but so was the cancer. So the last treatment I was on wrecked my liver. No, not the whiskey, the treatment I was on. <laughs> to the point where they put me on steroids. So, I mean, like high dose, like 100 milligrams a day. And if you've ever been on steroids unwillingly, you can understand what I'm saying when I say 100 milligrams. I was not right in the head. I was not right. And I even was doing shows, I think, back then. Maybe not. I, I don't know if, if it was. Yeah, I was because, yeah, it was earlier on when we started doing shows. And that's why I missed doing shows and stuff like that, because I just couldn't do it. Um, uh, so finally, my liver enzymes is what it was. The, the Keytruda had messed up my liver enzymes. Finally, I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do it. I mean, I was ready to kill myself, like legitimately. I just I could not handle life anymore. 
I could not handle being on that that medicine. So I started doing research. Okay, what's the best thing for your liver? Okay, searching, searching, searching. Okay, come across this doctor. She says the best thing, the best food, best natural remedy you can use for your liver. Now, because I've done, I had done everything. I heard milk thistle and I'd heard turmeric and I'd heard this and I'd done these and I'd done that. And I was like, it's not fucking working. You know, so the nurse, the, the doctor lady on the, on the internet there says the best thing for your liver is artichoke. Okay. The problem with that is you cannot possibly eat enough artichoke for it to be beneficial. And of course it was an infomercial and I sell such and such artichoke, whatever. And I was like, eh, surely they got something on Amazon, right? So I bought some stuff on Amazon and, uh, however many milligrams it was comparable to what this lady was selling natural ingredients, no GMOs, you know? So I was like, I'm going to just go with that. So I, I had to go every week for, for blood work every week because my, they just were worried I was going to get cirrhosis and jaundice and all this stuff. So I went for blood work today. Let's say blood, my liver still jacked that that next day I started taking the liver, the uh, artichoke extract that following week. So you're talking six, seven days later, I went for blood work. Liver enzymes were perfect. Now, of course, as far as the doctor's concerned, I got the, uh, oh, finally, the steroids finally worked. Yeah, that's what it was. I didn't tell them any different because for those of you that have to go to doctors for whatever your ailments are, and you tell them, now, you, you can understand what I'm about to say if you've ever had this problem. So when I go to the doctor every time, uh, is there any changes in your medication? No, I take aspirin and a, and a multivitamin, which is a lie. I mean, I do take that, but I also take other shit. Now, why don't I tell them about the other shit? Well, because <laughs> you get the whole, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. It's going to interfere with your medicine. So I don't feel like arguing with them. Now, I did tell the nurse that that, does, that uh, was doing the blood work. She goes, oh, my God, you're in there every week for this. I hope your liver finally gets better. And this was like two visits after my liver was back to normal. Oh, yeah, it's, it's been good for a couple of weeks now. She goes, oh, yeah, what, what, what were they giving you? I said, well, steroids. I said, but that's not what did it. And she's like, well, what did it? So I started taking, you know, I told her a story. Started taking artichoke extract every morning. I said, literally, within a week of taking it, my liver was fine. Now, you're talking almost two years now. Okay, now I still take it. Still take it every day. And uh, every blood test I've had since then has been perfect. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not even kind of a doctor. And I didn't stay at all in. So don't quote me on that shit. But I'm telling you right now, there's something to what that video was saying about herbal medicine. Now, you buy vitamins. You buy different herbal. So you buy B12. And it tells you not FDA approved for whatever. It's not this and it's not that. But you go to a doctor, you get a B12 shot and it's no problem. But you buy the pills at Walmart or Walgreens or wherever you go. And it's like, oh, 
this is my regimen. I take, I wake up, take aspirin and another pill that I'm going to tell you about here in a little bit. <laughs> I eat, then I take my artichoke and I take a immune, immune cocktail. It has a bunch of different stuff in it. And generally I stay relatively healthy. I, I might get a cold, but nothing major. The other pill I take is, is called, um, is a, uh, apricot seeds. Okay. It's an apricot seed extract. I started taking that about two months ago, about three months ago. Now, why am I telling you this? So they had put me on new medicine because my situation had come back. Now it was in my esophagus. So I started taking their medicine and this is what you have to take. You take these then and these then and some in the morning, some in the afternoon. Okay, fine. One of the side effects of the medicine was if you get if you get sick, like if you if you start running a fever above 100.4, you have to stop taking the medicine. And you can't take the medicine until you're fever-free for 24 hours without Tylenol. So like if if I'm running a fever and I take Tylenol and I'm still running a fever, I take Tylenol. Whenever I stop taking Tylenol and I don't have a fever, it's 24 hours. So it was like in a seven-day period, I might have been taking the medicine one or two days because I was constantly running a fever. So I was like, fuck this shit. You know, it's a waste. And uh, started taking artichoke seeds. And I never told the doctor, obviously. Never even told the doctor I stopped taking the medicine. So I had scans. And this was, what are we in, May? So this was like January. And uh, I can't do... CT scans anymore because I'm allergic to the contrast all of a sudden. I guess when you have so many of them, your body can only take so much. So the MRI showed nothing there. So they're like, wow, that's weird. It's, oh, I guess the medicine's working. And uh, I said to her, I said, well, I haven't been taking the medicine. Well, why? Because, you know, I'm getting sick, blah, blah, blah. I didn't tell them anything about the apricot seeds. I just told them that. So they were like, okay, well, doctor wanted to schedule a PET scan, a PET, which is a more invasive, more really sees everything type of scan. So they put me on a different medicine because I was getting sick. Well, the other medicine just like kicked my ass. It just wore me out. And the job I have is very active. I have to, I'm moving for nine, 10 hours a day. There's no downtime. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. It was wearing me out. So I was like, I'm done. I'm done taking medicine. Kept taking the apricot seeds. Did the PET scan a couple weeks ago. Got the results last week. <laughs> There's nothing there. Well, your shoulder flared where I where all this first started. But I also have a torn rotator cuff in that shoulder because there's not much of a shoulder there. And I go to the gym and I do stuff. And I think personally that's what it was. But I had to go get an ultrasound on my shoulder in a couple or next Friday, actually. And uh, And, you know, and that was it. So still not telling them what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. As far as they know, I'm on the medicine. Now, Chris will joke and say, oh, you're going to get people killed. Why, the fuck are, why am I going to get people killed? Why are going to tell people that this medicine worked? I'm not on a trial, so I really don't give a shit. And, and the reason I tell you this is this. Uh, my wife has a friend who has uh, lung, I think it's lung cancer, okay? And she's doing Keytruda and she's doing all this stuff. And it's the same situation it comes, it goes, it's like it, it never really fixes it. It just kind of suppresses it. And uh, she, my wife tells her, oh, you know, he's doing apricot seeds, blah, blah, blah. 
And so she she buys, she goes on Amazon, buys some apricot seeds. So you go to the doctor, and the doctor, you know, I'm sure it's the same at every doctor, with, you know, any change to your medications, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I start taking apricot seeds. They flip their lid. Oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. It's going to mess with your with your medicine. No, it's not. It's going to mess with their bottom line. That's what this is all about. And like in that video, they said they outlawed or not outlawed, obviously, because you could still buy the shit. But they made it where it's not FDA approved or not medically whatever. It's a it's a hoodoo voodoo pills because it's stuff that you can you can grow. You can grow apricots, make your own apricot seed extract. You can grow you can do this on your own or you can buy the pills. The key here is. Make sure it's GM, GMO free. It's, you know, it's, it's what it is. It's not a bunch of crap plus apricot seeds or whatever. Make sure it's just pure shit. Um, which, by the way, is very hard to find. Okay, B seventeen is the extract from the apricot seeds, and B seventeen is the clue. Now, if you look up the benefits of apricot seeds, it'll give you the myth of it curing cancer. And I'm here to tell you now, I, I don't want to sit here and say I'm cured, I'm, I'm, I'm free, but I'm a lot better than I was three months ago, four or five months ago. Am I cured? I don't know. I still take them. I don't take their medicine. Um, Chris's wife's dad has some sort of cancer. I, I can't recall what it is, and I, I don't mean to throw his business out there, but... Uh, he tried to, Chris and his wife tried to buy the the seeds that I had bought on Amazon, and magically enough, they weren't available anymore. They tried to sell them B15. I think that's actually what he ended up buying, which is packaged exactly the same as what I got. So anyway, you can't find B17 or apricot seeds, the, the capsules, on Amazon. So my wife found them on a different website, and we're getting them that way. So I gave them the website. There was another thing Chris had looked up. And I can't think of what it's called. It's like Sarasop, I think, extract or leaves or something like that. And it's the same thing. He went and told his doctor, I'm going to start taking this. And the doctor's like, no, it's going to mess with your medicine. It's herbal. If it's from nature, how is it going to affect your chemical medicine? Uh, and, and that's, and that's kind of where we're at. In this world today, much like what Rockefeller did, he didn't want people taking that because it can't be patented. You can't patent nature, right? So we hear a lot about lobbying. Like uh, whenever there's a, a shooting death, you hear all you hear is AOC or whoever spouting about the gun lobbies. Well, it's because you're an MR, NRA, you know, whatever, and they're paying you X amount of dollars. Okay, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, the NRA is the largest, one of the largest um, lobbying groups in Washington, and, and they influence so much decision-making that gets done in, in Washington. And I was like, and okay, I don't, whatever. I'm, I'm sure that's probably true because look at what's going on. And obviously guns haven't gone away. So they're probably telling the truth. And then I start thinking, well, it is Washington. So they're probably full of shit. So while I was doing the research for the show, I decided to look it up for myself. 
And interestingly enough, okay, so leading lobby, lobbying inst- industries in the United States this past year, in 2022, and this is by lobby, by them, how much they spent, okay? And there's, let me see, expand statistics. All right, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. There's 20 of them here. There's the top 20. And if you, if you want to take a guess, I'm going to read these all off quickly. And you guess what number the, the gun lobbying group is. If you want to call it NRA or whatever, what number are they? Number one, number five, number 20, whatever. Okay. So number one, what is the number one? Lobbying group in Washington, how much did they spend? Okay, you probably already know this because of the video, but nonetheless. Pharmaceuticals and health products, $373 million last year in lobbying alone. Number two, electronics manufacturing and equipment. Oddly enough, I don't know what the relevant... (laughs) What, why that would be relevant. <laughs> Is, I know that's not the word. Revelant? Relevant. <laughs> Thanks. Re- relevant. Um, I'm an idiot. I can't say anything about Joe Biden. I'd be able to say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I can't even say rele- relevant. Anyway, I'm sure it has something to do with equipment that the government uses, whether it's radar detectors or, you know, uh, whatever. Number three, insurance, oddly enough. Number three, 158 million into the insurance company. Number four, securities and investments. Not banks, but securities and investments. Real estates, number five. Business associations, number four, number uh, six. Hospitals and nursing homes. So you have pharmaceuticals and hospitals. Number, uh, what's that, number seven? Two, four, six, seven, yeah. Oil and gas, electric utilities. And then you have health services and HMOs, air transportation, telecom services, uh, miscellaneous manufacturing and distributing. Civil servants and public officials have their own lobbying group. So the people that work in Washington have a lobby group for the people that work in Washington. Figure that one out. Health professionals, internet, education, automotive, chemical and related manufacturing, and commercial banks. I... Did I miss the gun one? Did I? No, I didn't because it's not there. So of the 20, you have one, two, three, four, five. Five of those have something to do with medical because you have the HMO situation, you have insurance, you have, you know, nursing homes, you have, and then even oil and gas, you could probably even fit into that same if, if a lot of your, Medicines, like a lot of the companies that Rockefeller started, subsidiary of, or sat on a board of, are still in business today. Johnson and Johnson, you know, Bayer, those types of. If if some of their stuff's made from petroleum byproducts, you might want to throw oil and gas in that situation. Um, I just find it interesting that some of the leading causes of death. Okay, so. What do we hear when there's a mass shooting? Leading causes of death 
are gun or people killed with guns. That's the leading cause of death, right? So this is a breakdown. <laughs> so uh, causes of death versus media coverage. Okay. So the number one cause of death in this country is heart disease. Number two, very close number two, is cancer. Now, before I read the rest of those, I want to point out that between those two things, that's 60% of the deaths in this country are either heart disease or cancer because it's 30.2 for heart disease and 29.5 for cancer. So 60% of the people that died, died because of those two things. Now, one could say that some of that stuff is relatable. Heart disease. Do we look at vaccines? Do we look at medicines? Do we look at, you know, uh, cancers? Once again, do we look at medicines? You know, you've heard the story of, of um, sunscreen causing cancer. You know, the, the, the chemicals that are in sunscreen. You're rubbing them in your body. And you're rubbing them, and you're rubbing them in, you're rubbing them in. That stuff gets absorbed. It, sun, you put sunscreen on, it doesn't protect you for 24 hours until you wash it off. It, it absorbs into your skin. Where does it go? It goes into your bloodstream. I mean, <laughs> and then oddly enough, I read this article that they say you shouldn't wear sunglasses outside because your body thinks that it's inside because the sun's not getting into your your face, in your eyes. And it, it turns something in your, your body, like, I guess we're similar to a plant in a sense of photosynthesis. So when your body thinks it's inside, that kind of shuts down because you're inside, you're protected. You see what I'm saying? Now, I, I, I get it. You've heard stories, oh, you should wear sunglasses outside because the sun didn't get in your eyes and damage your eyes and get can't do that. But is it all a lie? It's like you really don't know what to fucking believe anymore. But the statistics are what it are, are what it are. <laughs> they are what they are. Um, number three, road incidents, falls, and accidents, 7%. Lower respiratory disease, 7%, which could be tied. And the, and the interesting thing is this. Okay, so I'm going to read all these real quick. Road incidents, 7.6. Lower respiratory, 7.4. Alzheimer's, 5.6. Strokes, 5%. Diabetes, 4%. Drug overdoses 3%. Kidney disease, 3%. Pneumonia, 2%. Suicide, um, 1%. Uh, so, of the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 leading causes of death, two of those, well, I... One of those, for sure, you could probably not link back to medicine. The rest of them, you could. You could link every single one of those. Of those 30% of the heart disease and the 30% of the cancer, how much of those were caused by medicines? I've personally been on medicine where they've, like this last batch of medicine I was on, I had to do EKGs to make sure my heart was strong enough. Well, why would I need to do that if... What you're giving me isn't going to weaken my heart, right? Lower respiratory disease. Once again, the medicine I was on has caused, if you've noticed lately, now granted, I haven't taken this medicine in about a month or so, but I do find myself short of breath 
and a little bit more winded than usual. And I didn't take the medicine for a long time. God forbid if I was currently still on it and then on it for like a year, right? I'd probably be on fucking oxygen by then. Alzheimer's disease. Could a portion of that 5.5% be from drug-related? And I'm not just saying regular medicine, but either prescribed medicine, uh, pain medicine, you know, a combination of all the above. I, I don't know. I know some of it can be hereditary. I get that. Stroke, same thing. Diabetes. Diabetes probably has a lot to do with, with the, the weight in our country. And I'm not saying anything about anything because obviously we could all stand to lose a few pounds. But now to the point where they have what do they call designer weight loss drugs. And it's not even drugs for weight loss. It's for diabetes or for whatever. Ozemic and I don't know all the names. And you hear, uh, you may cause weight loss of 10 to 12 pounds, blah, blah, blah. So there's people going and getting these diabetic drugs to lose weight. They might be fine diabetes-wise. Drug overdoses now, that's once again, I think has a lot to do with the with the pharmaceutical industry. You get people now back to me being in the hospital and having these rigors. They were shooting me full of this Dilaudid, uh, which is basically medical heroin. For lack of a better term, that's what it is. And when I'm telling you this shit is good, it's good. It works very well. Like you hear about morphine and and uh, uh what's the uh i was gonna say viagra i know that's not it but you know what i'm saying the different uh pain medicines the oxycontins and whatnot this shit doesn't play like to the point where i was getting migraines in the hospital and they would give me this dilaudid and as the nurse would be pushing the plunger into my iv my headache went away right i mean it was literally that quick I mean, as the plunger's going down, I could feel my headache go away like that. The problem was within an hour, the headache was back. Hospitals don't give a shit. Here you go. You want another shot? To the point where I was like, I, I can't I can't keep doing this. I need something else. Well, this is the strongest stuff we have. No, I understand that. That's why I can't keep doing this. Um, and they, I can't. What's that? Bite? Buy something or another. I can't think of the fucking word. But, you know, the, the the stuff, man. Just a pill. Didn't work as fast, but it lasted. And um, Vicodin. There we go. I knew it would come to me. And and even then, that's a, that's a powerful painkiller. It's not like taking ibuprofen or whatever. And uh, I think that's what happens. You put these people, you just give them oxycodone or Vi uh, Vicodin or, or whatever. They become addicted to not having the pain, then when they can't get the pain pill, they search other means. Like I said, a lot it's basically hospital-grade heroin. Well, if I can't get Dilaudid on the street and it's hospital-grade heroin, what's my next step? Heroin. So some people obviously can control that, but there's a lot of people that can't. There's where your drug overdose. That I guarantee you, of the 2.8% of the drug o deaths from drug overdoses, I bet you most of that is from someone broke a bone, they were given whatever, 
they got they liked it because I broke my ankle a while back. This a while back. This was before I had cancer. Obviously, that's kind of the reason why I went to the doctor because I'm cheap. Well, you broke your ankle, you hit your deductible, you might as well go see the doctor. <laughs> okay. But anyway, when I broke my ankle, they gave me uh, oxycodone or whatever it's called, and I couldn't stand it. I took one. It, it actually gave me a headache. So they gave me, I think they gave me Vicodin or whatever it was. But nonetheless, people get addicted to that when you can't get your pills from the doctor anymore, but you still want that pain-free experience, you find other means in the meantime, what was the news covering? The bulk of their coverage was terror, terrorism, whether it's domestic or, or whatever. So terrorism, we, we could probably boil that down to domestic terrorism, whether it be school shootings or mass shootings or whatever. And then that coincides with homicide, number two, suicides. Then it rounds out with... Pneumonia, 5%. Diabetes, 2%. Stroke, 5%. Road incidents, 1%. Well, let's call it 2%. Cancer, 13 So it was like it flip-flopped. And, te- and terrorism wasn't even a leading cause of death. in t- Terrorism and homicide, which got 58% of the coverage, wasn't even one of the leading causes of death. But it led the nation in cut in news coverage. Now you have to ask yourself, why is that? Well, the reason that is is because during your watching of the news, how many Pfizer and Bayer and Johnson and Johnson and Merck and God whoever else, how many commercials do you see from them? Not and this has not necessarily has anything to do with COVID vaccine, even though you see those commercials still. But I'm just talking about aspirin and Tylenol and you know, whatever. Ozempic and these different <laughs> whatever drugs, right? How many drug commercials do you see on TV while you're watching TV? No matter what you're watching, what channel, I don't care, Fox, CBC. I don't even talk about news. I'm just talking about regular fucking TV. How many drug commercials do you see? And it's not like, oh, this show's sponsored to you by Johnson & Johnson, makers of blah, blah, blah. Oh, this show's brought to you by Pfizer, blah, blah, blah. Not even that. I'm just talking about regular, oh, 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 Ozempic, ba 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 ba. You know, <laughs> you know these different may cause suicide thoughts in your head. Wait, what? What is that? I do. I, what? I, I don't want to quit smoking that bad that I need to kill myself. <laughs> I'm not not to make it a laughing matter, but my point is, is the TV that you watch, whatever that is, news, reruns, current TV shows, whatever it is. Guarantee you every commercial break, there's at least one commercial that has some sort of drug in it. Why is that? Because not only do they spend 300 whatever million dollars lobbying DC about trying to get their shit passed, they're paying the shit out of these television manufacturers to put these ideas in your head. Oh, wow, I could really use to lose some weight. Maybe I should get some of that Ozempic. Boy, I really... Uh, have a hard time breathing. Maybe I should get one of those, you know, inhaler things, whatever they're called. Oh, I'm really having a trouble with this. Maybe I should do that. Oh, well, you know, they're talking about the vaccines again. Maybe I should go get the my booster shot or my first shot or my second shot or my tenth shot. The reason you see all these commercials, because it pays very, very well. Which brings us to this next person. Now, I've talked about RFJK. R, R, no. 
RFKJ. That's what I'm calling him. RFKJ. RFKJ. Robert Kennedy Jr. announced a week or so ago that he's running for president. Um, probably doesn't stand a shot in hell. Um, and I and I understand that, but I want to play this because it's very interesting because he's making his rounds on TV and he's being censored because of the way he talks about the vaccine. Now this is on a uh, he was on a podcast or YouTube podcast. I don't know the name of it, but uh, he's talking about vaccines. Now not necessarily COVID vaccines, but all vaccines. We have fourteen hundred studies peer-reviewed studies published on NIH's website, PubMed, mm-hmm. linking various vaccines to all of those injuries. So what are they doing this for, money? Well, they're making $60 billion a year selling us vaccines, but they're making $500 billion a year selling the remedies for the injuries caused by vaccines. Wow. So the diabetes medication, the Adderall, the Ritalin, the Concerta, um, they, at the Advair inhalers, the albuterol inhalers, the anti-seizure medications, all of those, you know, this is a, a really great business plan for these companies. You make people sick, and then you sell them the lifetime cure. And measles, wow. they weren't making any money. If you get measles or chicken pox, the cure is chicken soup and vitamin A, and you can't patent either of those. Huh. And you're well in a week. There's self-limiting illnesses that go away in a week. But if you can give somebody that vaccine and make them, you know, diabetic for life, and you got a permanent customer or ADD or ADHD, and you know, many of the vaccines are for illnesses for which there is zero risk. A one-day-old baby has zero risk of getting hepatitis B right. if, if his mother doesn't have it, yeah. which every mother is tested for. You can only get it from, you know, unprotected sex or from sharing needles. Why are we giving one-day-old babies a vaccine for hepatitis B? And they admit the vaccine only lasts five years. That baby is not going to have sex with a prostitute in the first five years of life. There's zero risk. And yet it's a very, very dangerous vaccine. And that's true. And and that's kind of the argument you see now. And you're called an anti-vaxxer. But a lot of these vaccines, okay, now you get the chickenpox vaccine. What the fuck is that? When I was a kid, you get chickenpox. Everyone got chickenpox, so we just get it done. It's called herd immunity. Why do we need these vaccines? Why do we need to pump these chemicals? Now, I'll... I'll tell you right now, my kids were all vaccinated because I'm young. You know, my daughter's born. I'm 19. You don't know. What the fuck? That's what you're being told. If I had to do it all over again, I probably would do something different or pick and choose. The The vaccines that they're giving these kids, and it's multiple. Uh, in another interview I saw with him, he was like, when I was a kid, now granted he's older than I am, shockingly enough, Chris. Um, <laughs> I think he said... You know, you had three vaccines. You know, you had, like, your polio, your measles, and, you know, whatever the other one was. And polio vaccine was probably the best vaccine ever made. Because polio was a debilitating disease. Like, he talked about measles and chickenpox. You can get over that. Right? Um, Now they give these kids 50-some-odd shots. In the course of their childhood, 
and you're just pumping them and you're weakening them. Um, I, I don't know. But that's what I was reading on Twitter when I was when I messed the date up. So he, uh, of course, I don't have it now. Of course, uh, I'll just I'll just mad lib it. He, someone asked him the question about Trump being president again and whatever. When Trump was had won the last time, he had asked him to be on the the vaccine council board or something like that, board of vaccines or whatever. And he had agreed to do it. Well, Pfizer got in Trump's pocket, essentially. And then they installed Pfizer people. So whether that's true or not true, I don't know. I don't, you know, let's just say it's true. Let's say that this is a person that feels some sort of way. He doesn't need to run for president. I mean, it's kind of like Trump doesn't need to run for president. So I, I think in his heart of hearts, he knows he's not going to win. I think his whole purpose of running, I'm talking about uh, Kennedy, is to get his voice out on these situations. Um, <laughs> and and I think most of us now can open our eyes to the fact that these COVID vaccines were bullshit. COVID was bullshit. And now to the point where you even have Fauci and all these people that said, oh, we never called for lockdowns. What are you talking about? Pfft, ah, we suggested that, you know, maybe, but we never said that had to be done. That was, that was y'all. That was y'all. That was the governors. That was president. That was this. That was that. No, it was y'all. It was it was public opinion that shut this country down. Um, fortunately, you had some governors that said, "Okay, we're gonna do it," but you know, after so long, they're like, "Ah, fuck this shit." You know, this is ridiculous. And they got criticized for doing it, but then come to find out, it was the right thing to do. To the point where even when DeSantis reopened Florida. Fauci was out there. It's not a good idea. You're going to spread. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. Oh, really? Because our cases were lower than states that were locked down. So go figure. Because as we come to find out, the cure or the the best thing to fight COVID was sunshine and fresh air and exercise. And what did you do? Want to keep everybody indoor, away from the fresh air and the sunshine, and close all the gyms and the parks where you can't get exercise. When I had COVID, I was outside pressure washing the driveway, mowing yards. Now, granted, I I was relatively fine. I I was tired more so than anything. My wife, on the other hand, got pretty sick. Not like I had to take her to hospital sick, just like she had a real bad flu. And then I would tell her, come on, come outside with me while I'm pressure washing, just sit in the chair. Just to get that natural sunshine, that vitamin D. And she got better quicker. You have to ask yourself, during COVID, why did they look down on ivermectin and uh, what was the other one? I can't think. But you had the monoclonal antibodies. You know, Florida was big on that. And, and DeSantis was big on having those throughout the state. And they got poo-pooed on about doing it. <laughs> People just need to get vaccinated. But then once they saw the cases started coming down in Florida and that as monoclonal antibodies were working, then Biden stopped allowing us to corner the market on monoclonal antibodies. And you have to ask, you know, like when Rogan got it, remember, and it was like, 
he did uh, ivermectin and whatever all the cocktail that he took and then when he was out there doing his video then you had cnn or whoever it was post like did some trickery to make him look like he was about to die and it's like why why can't people just take what they want to take and and feel better and if they fuck up and die then that's on you <laughs> the thing that killed me during all this covid shit was the left the the my body my choice people didn't want it to be your body or your choice to take the, to the vaccine. Now, I guess on the other side, you could say the people that say it's not your body and your choice didn't want to take the vaccine. So it's, it's weird how that works. Um, but so this came out. What date was this? This was April 30th. So Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's COVID-19 vaccine investigation could stick it to big pharma execs. So evidently. Texas is going to sue, as well they should, and it was mainly for pimping out these these uh, vaccines. So, on an interesting side note, okay, so <laughs> in in this country, now I don't know how it was around the world, but in this country, pharmacies were giving thirty to fifty dollars per shot. Okay, so you're your Walmart, your Walgreens, your CVSs, your around here like we have Publix, um, you know those places that have pharmacies, and then even like your mom and pop pharmacies, like we have a mom and pop pharmacy, uh, you know, five minutes from the house here, just a dude that has a pharmacy, and uh, he was pimping the shit out of the vaccines to the point where my wife was in there picking up a prescription. Oh, do you want to get your your uh, your uh, COVID shot, we have all of them. We have Moderna, Pfizer, and J&J. She's like, I'm not getting that shit. And he's like, he looks around, he's like, I don't blame you, I'm not getting it either. But they're paying us to give these shots out. So it was good business for these, especially these mom and pop pharmacies that might not see a lot of business compared to Walmart or Walgreens or someone like that. So <laughs> I did the math. 675 million doses was put out. So whatever pharmacy, whatever company, whatever mom and pop pharmacy, 675 million doses, whether it was first, second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, whatever shot, 675 million doses at, at let's just say $40 a pop. These different companies and pharmacies got paid $27 billion to give you the shot. For those of you that are listening to this and got at least one of the shots because you were scared or your job made you or whatever, okay? I'm not I'm not faulting you. I have people in my family that were guilted in to doing the same thing. Like my son, for example, he his boss guilted him into it. But it in essence, he works in New York, he works in Canada, he works in Oregon, he works in these places where at the time you couldn't do shit without a shot. Now, two years later, whatever. But fortunately, as far as I know, he's only gotten the two. Like my mom's old, so she was, oh, you're old, you're going to die if you don't get the shot. And then for whatever reason, my sister got it, so on and so forth. <laughs> How many times, if you did get the shot, it was like, I remember going to a store. You go into like the local grocery store that has a pharmacy. 
And they had a table at the front door. Are you here to get your COVID shot? No, I'm here to buy fucking groceries. <laughs> and they'd have a waiting list, you know, and then you'd have to go back there and fill out your sheet. And no one read the sheet because the sheet actually said where you were signing on the dotted line, there was a there was fine print there that says you're not able to sue the manufacturer of the vaccine if you have any side effects. If you didn't know that, that was in there. So whether it was Pfizer, Moderna, JJ, whatever it was, if you took this and something happened to you and it was deemed to be because of the vaccine, that's on you. Um, that alone, even if I thought about getting the vaccine, even if I was like, yeah, maybe I should, you know, it's probably the right thing to do. I don't, I got cancer. I don't want to die. Um, if, as soon as I read that, I would have been like, no, fuck that shit. You know, you, you guys are so sure about this vaccine that you're putting that in the fine print and they didn't even care. Like you could have gone in there I mean, get as get as many shots as you wanted to. They, you could. This is my first time. You know, if you don't have your vaccine card, twenty-seven billion dollars. Okay, who paid for that? Now we want to talk about all the troubles and financial and inflation and and whatever that we're going through right now. I have a, I have a feeling that a lot of this our problems are from COVID. Whether it's from the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the close downs, the money spent, the money given away. On this show alone, we were doing this show when COVID started. Okay. And people were getting whatever it was, 600, 800, whatever the dollar amount was. I never really got any any of the stimulus. Um, not that I wanted it. Because um, I felt that there was people that got money that they didn't need. I mean, everyone can use money, obviously, right? Yeah, I can use 100 bucks, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, whatever. But there was people that really needed it. And then there was people paid to not work. They were given extra money because for whatever fucking reason, we were just handing money out hand over fist. Just here's <laughs> giving them stimulus monies, giving this, giving that, giving pharmacies money on top of paying however many billions of dollars for the vaccines to these pharmaceutical companies the problems we're having right now stem from all of that between the lockdowns the spending of the money whether it's to pharmacies hospitals um, people whatever and most of your pharmacies like like I said the guy down the street they don't care there was no there was no uh, examination of your heart, of your, if you're strong enough. They, were, they didn't care. The whole point was to get that needle in your arm. Every time you went into a store, whether it was Walmart, your Walgreens, CVS, your local grocery store that has a pharmacy, your mom and pop pharmacy, every single time, especially when the, when the vaccines first came out, it was all about, here, get the vaccine. And that's the point. These pharma pharmaceutical companies. Now, mind you, <laughs> medicine ain't cheap. Like the last batch of medicine I was on was going to cost me if I hadn't qualified for stuff and I didn't have good insurance. It was going to cost me twenty three thousand dollars a month. But in the meantime, they can spend billions and millions and hundreds and this and that, pimping the shit out of this product. That's eventually just going to kill you anyway. And what do we care? And when you talk about it. You, uh, you're, you're a naysayer. You're, 
your, uh, you know, your, your anti-vaxxer, your anti-medicine, your anti-science. Of course, this is coming from the people that think women can be boys and boys can be girls. Um, also, in this article, like I said, I did an average of forty dollars. That was on a single dose. So, obviously, that doubled on the two doses. So that's why I said when I said six hundred seventy-five million shots, that was six hundred seventy-five million needles in arms. Whether it was your first shot, your tenth shot, this person's first shot, and that's all they got, whatever it was, that's a that's a lot of fucking money, and that's that's just to get people to take the shot. But <laughs> then I stumble upon this. Six things that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know. Developing drugs are not as expensive as they say. Big Pharma exaggerates on the cost of research and development on new medicines to justify their high pricing and often categorize opportunity cost and non-research activities, such as the cost of buying another company as an art, uh, research and development cost. While Big Pharma often says it costs 2 to $3 billion to develop a new drug, other credit credible estimates are at least 10 times lower in the 100 to $200 million range. Uh, number two, you're paying twice for your medicines. Corporate uh, free ride off public tax funder research at government university laboratories, which which is true. Like if you're on a if you're on a trial, that medicine should be free. Usually it is, but sometimes you still get billed. I never really cared if my insurance paid for it, so I was like, whatever. The pharmacy industry is poor at innovation. Patents are extended over and over to prolong monopolies. And that's the thing, you get a patent for five, ten years, whatever it is, and then that medicine could be made into a generic. Well, once it's made into a generic, there's no reason to push it because now instead of it costing you $50, it might cost you $5. So, and here's another problem we're having in this country, is we, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> we, in this country, we depend on China still way too much now we think we get stuff from china we think shoes and shirts and pants and you know whatever from china and vietnam and singapore and all these other places we get a lot of our medicine from these countries too so the medicine might be developed in this country but next time you go to the store and you buy some aspirin or you buy whatever see where it's made you'd be surprised at how much of that stuff comes from china and it also might be a reason as to why a lot of those shelves aren't quite as full as they used to be. There's going to come a time, especially if, God forbid, we end up going to war with China, where you're not going to have aspirin or ibuprofen. And you don't think much about it. I'll be all right. Well, <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now, I take three aspirin every morning when I wake up, and that's just to be able to fucking walk out to the kitchen. So... We've got to get to a point in this country where we start focusing while, while you have the opportunity to do so. And what I mean by that is right now you have Internet, you have your smartphones, you have computers, you have whatever you have. If shit hits the fan and things happen that could possibly happen, whether you want to delve into the biblical terms of the three days of darkness or you want to delve into nuclear war or EMP attacks or whatever, and you have no option to look up survival tips 
and how to make your own medicine and natural remedies and these things that are poo-pooed upon because, you know, it's some great conspiracy. You might want to start buying some books, reading articles, printing articles, saving articles of how to do things. I've been looking at natural remedies uh, for cold remedies and pain remedies. Interesting, I, what I saw was honey and, and onions. Like it's an old-timey recipe. Uh, just pour and chop up some, some onions, put them in a jar, pour honey over them, put the jar up on the counter, you know, close the lid. And if you want on the first sign of getting some kind of a cold, nothing major, first signs, you take a couple teaspoons of that, and it goes away. Because the onion has natural anti-inflammatory situations and the honey, natural honey is I keep honey in my closet, my where my stuff is. Buy honey. Buy why you buy this stuff while you can. Honey's good. It's not gonna go out of date. It's honey. It's natural. Get natural raw honey. So I and I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with this. So how and why, I guess, Rockefeller funded Big Pharma and waged a war on natural cures. So, let me read this here. It's high time that people realize that Western medicine, or allopathy, uh, which focuses on drugs, drugs, radiation drugs, surgery drugs, and more drugs, is money-spending Rockefeller creation. And, and before I read on, Rockefeller, oddly enough, is one of the 13 names in the bloodlines. So, obviously, we're going to cover more of this when we do the 13 bloodlines of the, of the Illuminati, the Rockefeller family. But, nonetheless... When someone talks about the healing properties of plants or any other holistic practices, some people may look like a weirdo after hearing it. Nowadays, money and politics have been used to twist the minds of people to encourage them to embrace what is bad for them. It all began with America's first, America's first billionaire, the name of John D. Rockefeller, who was an oil magnate, a natural-born monopolist, and robber baron. <laughs> By the turn of the 20th century, Rockefeller, through his oil company, Standard Oil, controlled 90% of all oil refineries in the U.S. Later on, his company was broke up to become Exxon, Mobil, Chevron. Let's see. And the only reason I know this, obviously, besides me reading it, is my grandfather was a chemist for Standard Oil, okay, in uh, up in Illinois. And... And I don't know if it's in this article, but I know I read it somewhere else too. But when they broke these companies, when they broke that company up, Standard Oil. So even though this happened in the early, I think it was it was uh, under Roosevelt, Teddy, is when a lot of this stuff happened. But it took a while; it wasn't like immediate. So to the point where my grandfather was a chemist, and when they when they broke up Standard Oil, like I, I used to have toys that were Standard Oil, which the this symbol was similar to Amoco, Amoco uh, gas, which is hardly even around anymore. But when they broke it up, so essentially what it boils down to is the gas stations that are around now, if they have red, white, and blue in their picture, you know, in their in their name, they used to be Standard Oil, Exxon Mobil, Chevron, Amoco. Um, you know, I think we're the main four. Um, and then, like, Texaco, obviously, was a Texas oil company. Uh, Sunoco, right? We hear Sunoco. 
Sunoco was called or is called Sun Oil Company. They're out of Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennzoil, Pennsylvania oil out of Pen- Pennsylvania, obviously. Quaker State oil out of... You don't think of Pennsylvania as being an oil magnet. Well, that's where fucking oil was first found, oddly enough, by Rockefeller. So, <laughs> Pennzoil. Pennzoil. Oh, I use Pennzoil. Pennsylvania Oil Company. Quaker State. Quaker, Pennsylvania. So, it's just interesting how and where a lot of these things started. I guess point being anyway, once they split the companies up, so if you had a uh, uh, 1,000 shares of Standard Oil, right, and then that was split into f- four different companies, and then that was doubled, and then it was tripled, and then r- r- <laughs> what the government actually did, this is has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but just a little side note. Uh, when <laughs> When the government made Rockefeller split up his oil company, actually made him five times richer than he was before. Good job there, because uh, he still owned them. <laughs> he still owned the company. He still had stock in the company. He still owned them. You didn't really do anything. And I did the same thing with, with telephones. Like, back in the day, it was it was Bell. Bell Telephone. That was everywhere. It was Bell. You had Atlantic, Southern, Northern, Western, Bell. Alexander Graham Bell fucking invented the phone. He owned the phone company. Well, they didn't like that, so they had to break it up. Then you had AT&T and Sprint and GTE and Verizon and whatever. (laughs) Now most of those are just cell phone companies. Anyway, by the turn, I already read that. So around uh, the World Affairs report that at the same time, around 1900, scientists discovered that petrochemicals and the ability to create all kinds of chemicals from oil, for example, the first plastic call... uh, the first plastic, called Bakelite, was made from oil in 1907. Scientists, scientists were discovering various vitamins and guessed that many pharmaceutical drugs could be made from oil. Rockefeller saw a wonderful opportunity to monopolize the oil, chemical, and the medical industries at the same time. When it comes to petrochemicals, everything about it could be patented and sold for high profits. However, Rockefeller's plan for the medical industry faced one problem— at that time, natural or herbal medicines were very popular in America. With the use of knowledge obtained from Native Americans and Europe, almost half of the doctors in medical colleges in the U.S. were practicing holistic medicine. In order to get rid of that biggest competitor, Rockefeller used a classic strategy, a problem-reaction-solution. This would include the creation of a problem of scaring people and offering a pre-planned solution similar to terrorism scare followed by the Patriot Act. He went to his buddy Andrew Carnegie, who advised a scheme, Carnegie on another plutocrat who made his money from monopoly in the steel industry. The Carnegie Foundation sent Abraham Flexner to travel around the country and port on the status of hospitals and medical colleges around the company, around the country. The Flexner report was made and then give, gave birth to modern medicine as we know it. <clears throat> Homopathy and natural medicines were mocked and demonized, and even doctors were jailed. Rockefeller gave more than $100 million to colleges, hospitals, and founded the philanthropic, uh, philanthropic, <laughs> philanthropic uh, front group called the General Education Board in order to help with the transition and uh, change the minds of doctors and scientists. Medical colleges were streamlined, homogenized. I was going to say homogenized, <laughs> homogenized. 
in a very short time, the very thing was learned by all the students, and medicine was all about the use of patented drugs, huge grants and studies, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of what we heard in the, the video. So, and, and like I said, it's true. And the reason I say it's true is this. If you are a person listening to this podcast and you go to the doctor on a regular basis, and let's say you're on a medicine for a reoccurring whatever the problem is, I would encourage you to do this. Do it. Don't do it. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you want to know the truth and you have an issue of some sort, whatever that issue is, Go online, get on your phone. You can do it while you're listening to me right now and look up whatever that problem is. Uh, natural remedy for blah, whatever that is. And you'll, something will come up. Oh, the best thing for that is, is this. Take this. Like, for example, on this website I'm on right here where I read that article. Cabbage juice remedy may help treat chronic heartburn. <sighs> Um, how pomegranate, or I'm sorry, how to propagate basil from cutting, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, you can find different things. So, I have chronic heartburn. Well, maybe you take cabbage juice. Cabbage juice might be the nastiest fucking thing in the world. Maybe there's a cabbage juice extract you can take. I'm just, this is a post that's here. That's why I'm talking about that. But you hear about people juicing. I'm a juicer. I juice. And that means they take different vegetables and fruit and they make a smoothie out of it. Not not a smoothie pack that's got sugar and not like aftermarket sugar. It's got the the fruit and juices and whatnot from the fruit. Not buying, not going to the store and buying a smoothie maker gimmick uh, from concentrate. Like you're literally buying some bananas and broccoli and, you know, whatever. And you're mixing it in and making a smoothie. Or a juice out of it. Those obviously cost money. It costs more money and things are more expensive and I get that. So maybe you look at extracts. You see uh, balance in nature. You see different pills. Now this stuff's not cheap. I get that. But is your medicine cheap? I mean obviously your medicine might be a little bit cheaper because your insurance pays for it. But if you're still sick, oh, I take the medicine the doctor prescribes for whatever my ailment is, and I still have the issue. So I have the issue right now. I take some medicine. It goes away. Uh, an hour later, I have the issue again, whatever that issue is. They have scared us into constantly taking medicines that we probably don't need. Like I tell you, I get up and take three aspirin every morning. Realistically, <laughs> I know that's not good for me because what do they tell you? Too much aspirin, too much Tylenol, too much whatever is bad for your liver. Right. So in essence, I probably need to start looking up pain, uh, herbal remedies for pain. We all need to do this because <laughs> it, it worked for how many hundreds of years before. And if you're not 200 years old, obviously you don't know any better because you've always taken Aspirin, oh, I take Tylenol for my fever. I take this for that. I take Pepto and I got diarrhea. I take this for gas and I take that for heartburn. And I take, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, maybe we all, and I'm, and I'm not talking at you. 
we're having this discussion together because I'm included in what I'm telling you. I'm preaching to myself. You just happen to be hearing it. And if, God forbid, things start happening the way we're being scared into thinking that they might be, you know, things might not be happening what they say they're happening as far as China and whatever, too. But if that is the case, just know that if we do go to war with China, your medicine's going to go away. Then what are you going to do? All right, guys. With that being said, today is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. Please make sure to share this with your friends. Follow us at Don't Tread on America, whatever podcast app you're listening to. Follow us there. Follow us on social media. And if you're not on social media, follow us at our website, don'ttreadonamerica.com. And I guess that's it. That's all I got for you today. Went a little long today. I understand. Sorry. Uh, but don't fear. This Friday is Cinco de Mayo. So it'll be our third annual Cinco de Mayo fiesta here at the DTOM Studios. I'll have a special guest in studio. So please make sure you tune in for that. I'm sure there'll be some drinking and some shenanigans going on that day. Other than that, guys, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you again on Friday.